Well, if you've been worshiping with us this summer, we have been traveling through the wilderness on our way to the Holy Land. As God has been instructing us, as he instructed his children after crossing the Red Sea, after leaving the bondage of Egypt with the, what we call today the Ten Commandments or the Ten Blessings of Direction. So listen as I read those words for us today as we focus upon God's call not to be thieves, not to steal. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I am the Lord your God. I am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or your alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the days that the Lord is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox, or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May God take these words and through the power of his Holy Spirit bring them to bear upon each of our lives for God's glory. Let's pray. Our Father, as we come now, we pray that your good news would come and find us not only in word but in power in your Holy Spirit and with the full assurance that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts would be truly acceptable in your sight, O Lord, for you are our rock and you are our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In one of the scenes of uh, Disney's The Little Mermaid, which I'm afraid they're making, doing a remake of, is that right? Anyway. In one of the scenes of The Little Mermaid, Scuttle, the seagull, swoops down and grabs something, crying, mine, 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 mine. Seagull sound, right? But have you ever thought about it? That's what a seagull's saying. Mine, mine. All the while, Scuttle doesn't even know what it is he's trying to take, crying, mine, 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 let alone whether or not it's actually his. And I have 
come to understand very scientifically that this is now what we call theologically, got this, ready? The seagull syndrome. <laughs> and it has infected our world. If you've ever been hit by a seagull's dive bombing antics, you may have the seagull syndrome. And I think Kelly spoke to it, little kids have it. We're born with it. We're born with this syndrome. It is spiritual kleptomania. We're taking stuff and we don't even know why. And it isn't necessarily just stuff. It is the sin of grabbing something impulsively because we are afraid we don't have it. And if we don't have it, we won't be complete. Now, this is an aside, but I used to love to watch Candid Camera. Some of you remember Candid Camera. One time, they, they put on an end cap in a department store a bunch of handles for the pull cart on a golf cart, just the handle part, and it said free, one to a customer. And people were on camera, obviously, and they'd look around and they'd grab three of them. They had no idea what they were for. And they'd, they'd take them. And it just shows you that we take stuff without even, it makes no sense. It's selfishness. And it crushes relationships, it crushes us, it, it crushes what God intends for us to have with himself and with others because we're so preoccupied with having, taking, mine, mine, mine. Stealing, in the sense of the Hebrew word ganav, there's the, the Hebrew word ganav, refers both to the act of carrying off by stealth, Anybody see me? Carrying something off when we think no one's looking, something that is not our own, but it also refers to that deceptive inner disposition that accompanies the action, that there is something within us that is trying to hide the truth. And the reality is that ultimately that deceptive inner disposition, and this is the worst part of it, is a form of self-deception. Who are we kidding? Ourselves. That we are taking that something belongs to us that doesn't and that we aren't really wrong in doing it so let me go back a couple years and tell you about my first remembrance with this commandment that you are not to steal i was four years old started early <laughs> which shows you probably it is born in and of all places where did the larceny happen? I was on my way to Sunday school. <laughs> no, I did not take the offering. They wouldn't let me take the offering, by the way. But I loved airplanes, as I still do, and I had recently received a die-cast metal AT-6 Texan trainer Army Air Corps plane that I would not put down. You can imagine my parents always with me. But my mom said, that is not going to Sunday school. No way. And so it didn't, much to my chagrin. At least I thought it didn't, until I got there and doggone if there wasn't some kid already there playing with my AT-6 Texan die-cast metal airplane. I guess I had no concept that there could be more than one. So I did the only logical thing that a four-year-old can do. I went over and beat the kid up. 
and I wrestled with him. It took me a little while, but I got it away from him. I mean, after all, mine, mine, mine. I know, I know. It is a horrible image because I know that little boy loved his airplane too. And it probably goes back, take, comes forward to when I was many, many years later an associate pastor on that staff. And the first week that I was there, I led the pastoral prayer and a very elderly woman uh, came to me and said, that was a marvelous prayer. And to think of what a despicable young boy you were. <laughs> I guess that story had gotten out about the airplane. I don't know. Probably there are other things as well. But anyhow, I got home. This is the terrible thing. I got out of that Sunday school classroom with that little kid's airplane. Yeah. Stepped up under the shirt, whatever. And my mom, God bless her, she had to call the Sunday school superintendent that afternoon and say, little Bruce came home with somebody else's toy and she had to take it back. Candy, you're smiling because you know exactly where it was. Anyway, I am glad that I remember, but I have thought at times over the years, what else have I taken? What else have I taken over the years that was not mine, that developed from that early day, that developed from my sinful disposition? Last Sunday afternoon, Donald the Undaunted, last Sunday afternoon, as Donald innocently napped in his abode, he left his bicycle on his front porch that uh, had been given to him by one of you, and when he awoke from his nap, his bicycle was gone, stolen. But undaunted, Donald has a new bicycle that he bought for himself the next morning, and we just keep going, right? But the reality is the greatest tragedy is not that bi Donald's bicycle got stolen, but that someone's soul was stolen. That's the greater crime and loss, that the devil has placed it in our hearts to do that, not only to God, but to someone else. You see, God's injunction against thievery is more than a call for civil order. God's call to not take what is not ours is a call to trust and obey that all we will ever need is all that God is and that God will give us everything. To steal destroys us, and it destroys those from whom we steal. That was a tough night, wasn't it, Donald? Last Sunday night was rough because it was about more than the bicycle being gone. Anytime we've been robbed, stolen from, it's devastating because it alienates us, and we become rightfully afraid to be around people that steal because they've taken something from us or that we've taken from them. And in many ways, a part of them and a part of us, whether it's material or not, has been damaged, stolen. Perhaps the most glaring example of theft in the Bible, and there are plenty of them, relates to this commandment from last week to not commit adultery, in which King David, a man after God's own heart, right? breaks covenant with God and does what? Steals another man's wife and her integrity and the life of her husband. And worse, David tries to cover his sin by commanding the death of this man. Theft has so much more to it than I think we initially think when we set about to it. In fact, like us, David had become so blind to the impact of his theft that his confidant, the prophet Nathan, had to tell 
David the parable of a rich man who had killed a poor man's pet just to feed his guests for a dinner party. And when David heard about what this man, right, this man had done, David was enraged until he heard what? David's indictment. What did he say? Thou art the man. David was like the seagull. He had seagull syndrome. Mine, mine, mine. I must have it. And gracefully, we have to ask ourselves, what have we taken from God? Ironically, we have taken ourselves away from God. That's the greatest theft. And gracefully, God has sent his son to do what only God could do to heal us of that. In, in May of 2001, there was an evangelistic crusade taking place in England on the Ten Commandments. And the preaching results were dramatic. Conscience-stricken people started handing in large quantities of, of stolen goods, hotel towels, a bathrobe, cash. Uh, the inventory included hospital crutches, library books, CDs, videotapes. There were also letters of confession that got turned in. Uh, items were left in large special containers in the Anglican Cathedral in Northern England. 3,000 people heard this, and even a pastor, believe it or not, brought towels that he'd stolen from Wimbledon. <laughs> but most of all, what got turned in were lives. Lives were turned in because they realized that they had stolen from God who they were. And the most important thing that needed to be restored was not their reputation, but their relationship with God. And only God can do that. Do you know why God said, do not steal? It's not just utilitarian. God said, do not steal because everything, every breath we have belongs to God. And God wants to give us the very best. So God says, don't go taking something that is less than the best. When we take things, or when we take the personhood of someone and how we treat them, we say effectively, God, you didn't get it right, and I'm going to have to make it right by taking what I think is rightfully mine, my place in line, my place above them, that, that thing, whatever it might be. But God, the prodigal father, says, why are you stealing what I want to give you in abundance for free? Why, why are you taking something that's so much less than what I want to give you? Jesus said, as we read this morning, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That's what stealing does. It kills and destroys. Jesus said, I came that they may have life abundantly. Look, look around at our world, okay? Let's do that. Look around at our world, our nation. Have you ever seen more theft going on? Maybe it's more subtle, but character is being stolen. Life is being stolen. As sin pours in in the form of hatred between, and fear between people, 
And all the while, the God of the universe is saying to all of us, I am the good shepherd. I give my life. I offer abundance. Why are you trying to take from somebody else what I want to give you? We live in a world that is starving to see this lived out in Christians who know what abundance is. They are starving to see an image portrayed in a painting that I have seen. And I was telling Kyle Hamilton about this recently. It's a painting with two images in the same canvas, side by side. And they are very, very similar images. The first one is captioned, Hell. And it is people sitting around a lavish banquet table with huge amounts of food, but they are all handcuffed to one another. And the only utensil that they have in the painting is a very long spoon. And since their hand is handcuffed to the next person, they cannot reach across the table to get the lavish food to feed themselves. It's hell. So much there, and yet they're not able to get it. The second painting, right next to it, is captioned heaven. And it is exactly the same. But instead of trying to get that spoon to one's mouth and get as much as they possibly could for themselves, each person is reaching out into the banquet and across the table to someone else's mouth to fill someone else up with that abundance. We steal from God and from one another when we seek to do less than that second image. And this is that banquet table where we share with one another what God has shared with us, where God fills us up with everything we would ever need so that we do not need to grope. We say things like, that was a real steal. And we mean we didn't have to buy it. But in life, what we need most we can't buy, nor can we steal. We can only receive it because it's already been paid for and it has got our name written upon it in the blood of Jesus Christ. And some of us in Bible study this past week learned to think that we can have something on our own is to be possessed by evil. What we need is for God to steal us back. That's what needs to happen. Have you ever heard about repossession? It's kind of a horrible thing, right? But God needs to repossess us in the best sense of the word. The one time in life that repossession is a good thing is when God says, I want to repossess you so that you belong only to me and no one else ever again. In this, we can celebrate. You see, the reality is that there are things we can't return. We can't give back and can't be returned to us by means of goods when someone breaks our heart. That is why God said we are not to steal, but more significantly, it's why God sent his son to be the price for what we cannot return or repair, because what Jesus does is so much greater than any fleshly act that could be done. That's what this table is about. May we come, and as we come to this table, may we come together, handcuffed for the glory of God to one another, sharing with one another. May we come and share that God, grace of God that sets us free from the poverty and the pettiness and the theft in any form of saying, mine, mine, mine. 
And may we instead surrender our hearts to the one who loves us more than life itself and has given us that to show it. Amen. Fairest Lord Jesus, let's stand up. And let us proclaim that he is the fairest one who has filled us up with more than we could ever hope for. Never, ever need to steal anything again. practice my timing again. I don't know if you've ever thought about it this way, but this is the ultimate crime scene. This is where the world tried to steal the greatest thing ever. But Jesus said, no one takes my life from me. I give it up freely. 
And Jesus came knowing that we were not worthy of that. And he made us worthy. Do you know how? By giving us his own life. And so we are invited here to receive that, that we may experience that redeeming touch of God's great mercy. You don't need to be a member of this congregation. God has invited us all here, each of us, knowing what we need. And God has lavishly, abundantly spread this before us because this is the one thing that will make us whole, the life and death and resurrection of his own son. And he not only therefore invites us to come, he encourages us to come, that we would be delivered from the burden of our sin, the burden of trying to make anything fill in the blanks except his love. And he invites us to come together, all of us, because our need is exactly the same, every single one of us. And he says, come and let me bring the refreshment for your soul that only I can. The Apostle Paul knew this, and he said, I have received, there's a great word, I have received of the Lord. Not I have earned of the Lord. I have received of the Lord that which also I deliver unto you, that our Lord Jesus And the night in which he was betrayed, took bread and blessed it and he broke it. And he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do proclaim the most important thing, the Lord's death until he comes again. And he is coming again. And so now we in the abundance of God's mercy take these gifts that he's provided for us, we set them aside with prayer and thanksgiving to the holy use for which he's appointed them. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you're here right now. You have filled in all the gaps. You have given us everything we need, this most of all, yourself. And we pray that because you have done that, what we experience now would set us apart as we set these elements apart for your perfect purpose. In your precious name we pray. Amen. And so it was that on the night he was betrayed, stolen from, Jesus gathered his disciples as he's gathered us. And he took bread and he blessed it and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples as I give this bread to you ministering in his name. And he said, take, eat. This is my body. It's broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so we do. And we invite you to partake as you are served as a recognition that Jesus is not making anybody wait in line. He puts us all at the head of the line. He says, you, you, and you, and you, come receive what I have for you. And may we remind one another of that as we pass that tray and tell one another the body of Christ broken for who? For you. Amen. Come, let us receive.